Hello and welcome to Insights, the podcast from the Cork University Business School at UCC, bringing you some of the most topical and informative research from Cubs that is making an impact not just in Cork, Munster and Ireland, but beyond. I'm Anthony MacDonald, Head of the Department of Management and Marketing, and on this episode of Insights, we wanted to find out more about the importance of gender diversity in the workplace. Carol Cullick is a research professor of human resource management at the University of South Australia Business School. And back in September, she was a keynote speaker at a special breakfast event hosted by the HR Research Centre here in UCC. At this event, she outlined the research and findings showing just why more representation of women in senior management roles is needed. And we have a long way to go. Here then is a selection of some of the key points raised by Carol. It's always kind of inspiring to know that people are interested and care about a topic like this. Because, you know, if you follow the media even just a little bit, you know that most of the news that we see about gender diversity is bad. We know that women are underrepresented in leadership roles, we know they're paid less than men, and they suffer harassment at work. The headlines we see come from all over the world, they're international. You have your share of negative headlines here in Ireland. I see plenty of them in Australia. Uh, the one that I brought to show you here is an annual favorite. Uh, every year we hear that we have more male leaders with a particular name than we have female leaders by any name. Uh, this year the name of choice is Andrew. We have more male CEOs named Andrew in Australia than we have female CEOs. So it's sort of a downer. Now you would think that with all this media exposure, with all of this press, we would have a sense of urgency that businesses would say, we got to start working on this, we got to solve this problem, that it would be very easy to get that kind of engagement. But in my work, I often find exactly the opposite. I feel like we've heard so much about this problem that we're exhausted by it, that it's actually hard to generate energy about it. When I talk to managers, they say, oh, you know, in my organization, we've already got gender fatigue. Uh, the women in our organization, they're mentored to death. So it's actually kind of hard to get traction. And I know that a lot of you work in HR roles, and my guess is you know that feeling from your own organizations, right? It's hard to keep gender diversity issues on the boil. And that's really a shame. Because what we know is that gender diversity particularly gender diversity in leadership roles, makes organizations better. Uh, we know that organizations that have more gender diversity in leadership makes organizations better for employees because those organizations offer more diversity management practices. They invite more employee participation. We know that organizations with more gender diversity in leadership roles makes organizations better for their communities. Uh, they engage in more social responsibility. They engage in more philanthropy. We know that organizations with more gender diversity in leadership roles also benefit customers because they generate more innovative products and services. So honestly, you know, I'm thinking, what's not to like here? This is a pretty good thing. But I think there's a couple of caveats that I need to be clear about right from the beginning. 
First of all, you noticed that when I was talking just now, I was very careful to say more gender diversity in leadership roles. I didn't say female leaders make organizations better. I didn't say that women are better leaders than men. Um, there's plenty of diversity within both the male and female leadership pools. We have good male leaders, we have good female leaders, and we have plenty of bad examples of both. But what really generates these effects is that when you have a decision-making body, and within that body when you have visible indicators of diversity, and gender is nice and visible, it's very obvious, members of that body anticipate that there are also invisible and hidden forms of diversity. They expect that these people who look different also have different experiences, have different kinds of values. And so that visible diversity really motivates the group to dig a little deeper, to think about more different strategies, and as a result, they end up making better decisions. The other thing that I should be really you know, upfront about is that my little wall of fame here didn't include financial performance. Now, probably most of you have seen these industry reports that say more gender diversity means that organizations are going to be more profitable. They're going to make more money. Now, the academic literature on that is a little more nuanced. It's absolutely true that greater amounts of gender diversity in leadership show a positive association with organizational financial performance. But honestly, that association is pretty small. There's probably a lot of things you could do to improve your organization's financial performance that would have a bigger oomph than just generating more gender diversity. And it's also really important to remember that organizations tend to increase gender diversity when they're in the most financially unstable and precarious situations. It's those situations where organizations are most motivated to make a change in leadership, and that's when women are most likely to step in. When an organization has senior women, has a cohort of senior women at, at the very top, it sends a very strong signal out to the market. It says, this is an organization that takes this gender stuff seriously. Look, even in our most senior roles, we've got a cohort. And that motivates women out in the market to apply to your organization. So now you have a better pool of talent to choose from. It's a lot easier to get gender diversity. Uh, the other place where it sends a signal is within your own organization. We know that women in general are less likely to put themselves up for promotion compared to men. They're less likely to self-nominate. But in this kind of organization where you can see women in the most senior roles, you're more likely to think, oh, you know, it's possible. This is a place where gender works. So both of these things contribute to a trickle-down effect. Now, I think the trickle-down effect is so important and represents kind of an untested avenue for us um, that I'm going to ask you to kind of stick with me and let me walk you through a very specific example. Now, in Australia, most corporate boards range between 8 and 12 members. The example that I'm giving you has a 10-person board of directors, and that's just to make the math easier. It means that every director represents 10% of this board. Now, in our data, on this 10-person board, let's suppose that the typical organization has all men. So it's a board made up exclusively of male directors. What we found in our data set is that this organization, with zero diversity on its board, had about 10% women 
in its executive group. And what we wanted to know is what happens as you put more women onto this board. When this organization appoints the first woman to the board, it created a 4% increase in gender representation in the executive group a year later. So create diversity here, you get a little more diversity there. Now let's suppose that the next year, this organization puts a second woman on the board. At this point, what the organization experiences is a 9% increase in female executive representation above that 10% that it started with. Now there was just a little piece of magic that happened here and I wanna make sure that you saw it. When I put the first woman on this board, she generated a 4% increase in executive representation. If every female board appointment generated a 4% increase, that number should be 8%, right? 4% plus 4%, but it's 9%. It's actually a little bit more. The second appointment that you make gives you a little more oomph. It generates a little bit more diversity in the level below. The signal has gotten a little bit stronger because of the second appointment. The trickle-down effect is not linear, but it's incremental. And so as a result, when you appoint the third woman on that board, she generates a larger increase than the woman who came before her. So here's what I think is kind of interesting. Um, this is a system where the organization in three years, as a result of increasing diversity on its board, generated a quite large increase in diversity in its executive team. And it took three years to do that. But if this organization had instead appointed a cohort of three women to its board, it would have gotten that 16% increase in a single year. What happens when you have stakeholder pressure to improve gender representation? The things that you're doing in your organization aren't given as much credit by the market. So when there is no stakeholder pressure and you are appointing women into these senior roles, clearly you're doing it because you want to. You're doing it because you care about the problem. However, when you engage in those same behaviors in the presence of stakeholder pressures, you don't get nearly as many brownie points. Um, you're doing it now because you have to. Now, that's not a reason to stop doing things. Um, I would argue that this is actually a reason for you to step up your gender equity efforts in your organization. Because remember that stakeholder pressures creates a situation where most organizations are playing to the bottom. They're trying to not get caught at the bottom of the list. So you have a real opportunity to leapfrog in terms of reputation. Okay, so what's the moral of the story? I think the moral of the story is something like this. Um, historically, we have approached gender equity like we're tortoises, right? We've tried to run a very slow and very steady race. And we know the kinds of practices that are useful in that race. We know things like work flexibility will make a difference. But it's a really, really slow process. On the other hand, when we have external pressures, it forces us to think like hares. Uh, we really have to speed up the process. We generate boosts in gender equity, uh, but that's not very sustainable. 
So what's really going to win the race, I think, are the organizations that are somehow able to marry these two things. If you can respond to external pressures by embracing them, uh, by saying, here's really an opportunity for us to create a lot more gender diversity in the organization, recognizing that the increase in gender diversity is going to make your practices more effective and create a more sustainable system over the long run, that's when you're going to win the race. That's all we have time for on this episode of Insights, the Cubs Business Podcast. My thanks to Carol Cullick, Research Professor of Human Resource Management, University of South Australia Business School, for joining us all the way from Australia at the event hosted back in September. Don't forget, you can subscribe on Apple and Google Podcasts or Spotify. And for more information, go to cubsucc.com. I'm Anthony MacDonald. Thanks for listening and join me next time for more of Cubs Business Insights.